0: Is that, is, are we on? It's not uh, gonna shut off. It's it's. Is it? But is it uh, airplane. airplane? Yeah. Okay, good. Welcome, Rabbi Tzvi. Uh, on our second half, Hashem should give us the strength to be able to continue. Um, we last time we ended off with a five-way machloket depicted over here about. Um. The time for Kiryat Shema. Uh, not so clear, but this is original goods. Now, um, we ended off with a question that there were two different times for uh, Tirumah. We, first, we thought one was Ani Nikhnas which was mentioned in the Mishnah, and the second one, sorry, second one was and Ani Nikhnas Those are the two things Ani and We figured out That they're not the same time at the end of yesterday's Gemara. We figured out that they cannot be the same time. It's impossible for them to be exactly the same time. The Gemara ended off with the following question. He minayu kodim. If they're not the same time, then which one precedes the other? And that's where we're up to right now, on the bottom of Bet Amur Bet. Says the Gemara. Uh, I would say eight lines in the bottom. He minayam Which one is later? The Gemara explains. Mistabrah it is logical, we know that it's not necessarily proven, but it's probable. That's what the Gemara is saying right now. It's logical, that the Ani one is later than the Kohanim Okay, how do we know? Because if you want to propose that the Ani is Muktam, welcome, welcome. Then, what's the problem? Reb Hanina, Hainu Rabi Then Reb Hanina and Rabbi Ali Ezer are saying the same thing. Now, let's look at the number, Rebbe, in the brighter before, was number four, and Rabbi Ali Ezer was number one. was number four, he says the time is when the Ani eats his pita with salt. Reb Ali Ezer was when the day gets holy. Now, the reason why it says the word Mestavra here, is because it's not necessarily that that's so. Tosfut points out a very important thing, that technically, they don't have to be saying, well, let me just explain myself first before I get into Tosfut. The Gemara is saying here, that if we say, that the Ani, is before the Kohen, right, the Kohen go into, when do the Kohenim go in, to eat the Teruma? Let's understand that. They eat the Teruma, at Setu If the Aniim, is before the kohanim it's logical that that time is going to be equal to when the day gets holy. Why is that? Why should it have to be that? Maybe it's a different time altogether. That's what Toswot clarifies. Toswot says times that are so early, Setu Kochavim is an early time. If you want to have an earlier time than that, it's logical that Rabbi Chanina's time would be synonymous with Rabbi time. It shouldn't be earlier than that. We, want, we don't want to assume that it's even earlier than before Tsetah Kochavim. Uh, before, I'm sorry. Rabbi time is not Tsetah It's when day gets holy. Let me just explain what day gets holy means. That means that when you come into Shabbat, you have to presume... Let's do going into Shabbat. person going into Shabbat There's sunset, and then there's a Ben shot time, and then there's Tsetah kochavim. kochavim. is for sure Shabbat. Sunset, or at some point before Tzayt HaKochavim, is a time when you have to worry that maybe it's night. Then there's Ben when it comes to Shabbat, you always have to worry that it might be night. And that's what you'd have to worry about. That's Ben Ashboshot in between. And then there's, in our days, we have sunset. So, when the Ani eats the Pita, we're saying now, if it's before Tzayt HaKochavim, the assumption is the only one of these five that's before Tzayt HaKochavim is this. So we're presuming that it's going to be synonymous with this one. and why? And we, now that can't be, because they can't be saying the same thing. Um, Toso points out, of course, it, only Mustavra. We could have had another time, but since we don't want to assume a time that's not mentioned, we're going to say that there's a six times? Right now we, it's enough that we have five times. We want to say that there's a six time, and that this, uh, this, eating the pita, is an earlier time than all that, we'd rather not say that. Therefore, we'd rather say it's a later time, and then everything is fine, and we only have five times. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Shma mina. The gemara ends off Shema mina. That's cool. Nu gemara. Amar Mor. This came up before, if you remember, uh, Rabbi Yehuda had said an opinion earlier, and he says when the Kohanim dip the, the time of so we're, again we're looking for the time of Kriat Shema of and we're saying the time of of Arbit, is from when the Kohanim dip to eat the tinuma Kohanim who are Koanim who are Tameh have to dip in the Mikveh, we said last time. And there's a three-step process. First, they dip in the Mikveh. Then, Harib Shemesh. Then it gets nighttime. And then the next morning they have the Kapara. So, according to one opinion, of Yudah, I'm sorry. According to the original opinion, it was not Rabbi Huda, I'm sorry. Which was the, 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 the koanim dip, was Ramir. So, Ramir says that when the Koranim dip, dip in the <talk places>. More. the dip while it's still day and while it's still day it does not appear to be a good time to mm-hmm. to to be able to say mm-hmm, Sa- not during the day says mm-hmm. well Rabbi answered Rabbi meir so what's Rabbi meir's response? Hachi kamale, mi savre ana abena meshot idrach kaamina. You think that I learn bena shemashot like you? Ana abena shemashot rabbi yosi kaamina. I agree, I hold that bena shemashot follows rabbi yosi. We'll see in a second what he says. Da amar rabbi yosi bena Mashot kehedef aym. According to rabbi yosi, bena does not have a set time. It's a tiny amount of time. It's kehedef like the blink of an eye. Zeh nichnas vze yotze. The e of shalam or This one goes in and this one goes out, and it's impossible to figure it out. What does that mean? According to there is a machlok in how long ben hashemashot is. Rabbi Yossi holds that ben hashemashot is only a second, and therefore, if ben hashemashot is only one second, we're saying over here now that Rabbi Meir is okay with saying that the Quranine, that you could say shema when the kohanim dip. Because the Kohanim dip right at Ben Shot, and therefore it's already a nighttime ish time. Right? If you hold it it's 18 minutes, which is what we thought until now, that there was an 18-minute Ben shot. so then that means you have 18-minute buffer zone, and the Kohanim are dipping before that, because the Kohanim is supposed to dip while it's still day. So, 18 minutes before that, that's way before night-time. <laughs> we wouldn't be okay with saying Shema at that point. But now that we've explained that it's exactly at the time of right before Tzet HaKochamim, it's really only a second before Tzet HaKochamim, we could swallow that, you could say Shema at that point, and the Gemara is okay with that now. Now the Gemara asks, a, uh, interesting contradiction, sorry Rabbi, uh, we, we, might, we might want to displace you a little bit. Yeah. Michila. Okay, the Gemara wants to say the following question, Kasha <laughs> we have a contradiction of Meir. Now, the two contradictions of Meir over here, if you notice, Reb Meir over here had said, Le'el Amar, look at the top Rashi, Le'el Amar Misha Adam nekhlesim le'echo pitan ba'alvei Shabbatot. Over here he says, when B'nei Adam entered to eat their pita on erev Shabbat. That was the original opinion of Reb Meir in Brighton number 2. And here in Brighton number 3, Reb Meir is saying, when the Koranim dip. So make up your mind Reb Meir, is it when the Koranim dip, or is it when people... But when B'nai Adam eat their, eat their meal on Erev Shabbat. Or maybe it's two different. I think that's Shabbat, that's Terumah. No, one's, one he's talking about. Like, they're, they're both talk about, about Kriyat Shema, And even though they both talk about Kriyat Shema, and they're so both so being maybe, here. Maybe we're learning from that, that Shabbat we can take in early. Well. From the first opinion, I'm saying. Well, it says when the, when, the day, when the day gets holy. So we're talking about only when the day gets holy, and that's exactly <laughs> when it really becomes. Right. So it says the about huh? Trei Tanai When we Sometimes the we will say, the Gmarah will say that Rameir wasn't the actual author of this item. Really, the author was a later Tanah, and two students are arguing what Rameir said. So therefore, one student was in the class, and he understood Rameir was saying that it starts when the day gets holy, right? When people enter to eat their pita on Erev Shabbat, and the others say, no, it's when the dip the, the two different Tana'im answering what Rameir says. The Ma'ar says, you know what else? We also have a kash of Who's Lezer? over here is saying, when the day gets holy. That's what Brighton number three we see over here. Rebbe is saying, when the day gets holy. But if you go back to our Mishnah, what a very interesting, the first page, on the Bet Amud Aleph, it says, So here it says, the first time you could say Kishma is when the Korim go in to eat the Tirumah. And here it says, when the day gets holy. They get holy is before Tzedek avim, because we know that we have to start keeping Shabbat. We don't start keeping Shabbat when Tzedek avim, when it's for sure nighttime. We start keeping Shabbat way before it's for sure nighttime. So therefore we have a Stila rabbi Eliezer over here against rabbi Eliezer, now Mishnah. So says the Gemara, same answer again. Oh, must have been that there were two students quoting rabbi Eliezer differently, and therefore it's not a Stila rabbi Eliezer, it's actually just a misquote of rabbi Eliezer. Says the Gemara, ema. If I want, I can answer you better. I don't have to tell you that there were two tanaim arguing. Really, I can tell you Rabbi Yadier said both statements. So, if so, why why are they disagreeing? Reisha Rabbi Eliezer. If you go back to the Mishnah, the big first statement of the Mishnah, who said that that was Rabbi Eliezer? Go back to the Mishnah. Says when can you read the Shema? When the Korim enter the Ita tluma, Until the end of the Shema. The Chachamim are only really arguing about when you could say it till. Oh, not, so might, so. They might not be arguing about when it starts. And if so, I could tell you that Rabbi Yezir's only statement was only the, the part about when it ends. When it says, that's only referring to where it ends. When does does he hold that it starts? It starts like like it says in the writer. When the day gets holy, he holds that the the, the starting time of Keshachimah is this. And then we don't have to say, we don't have to come up with a thing from our own head and say, oh, well, probably there were two rabbis according to the same thing. No, we could just say very simple. We could say that Rabbi Lezer was not talking about the start time. Okay, beautiful. So, so far, we've covered, let's review what we've covered. We've covered the Koranim, Number one, who was first? Which means we've recovered which one's first. Is the kohenim first or anim first? We what did we say? We said that the ani, ani is first. Is pro- time. What? No, ani's first. No, ani's no, no. Pro- we, we, again, we know that it can't be the same time. We, ani and the kohenim cannot be the same oh, time. We already learned it. that. We knew that they can't be at the same time, and we said it's probable. Right, mistavra that ani is later. We said the ani was later, and the kohenim is first. Good. That's what we said first. What else did we cover so far? We said, uh, we said how do they dip? Right? We, we explained we explain how do they dip. Right? They, they, have, to, they, they have to be... They, how can they dip in yom And we explained that, that we're talking about the, a very, very short B'an And then finally, we discussed the contradiction of Ramey and and the contradiction of Rebelezer on Rebelezer. So that's the part of the class tonight that's referring to the Koranim. Now, our next part of the class is going to talk about the Ashmurot, which is, uh, what is what does it mean in the end? The Ashmurah Rishonah, what is this Ashmurah subject? We have a lot of different questions about Ashmurah, which are coming up in the rest of today's daf. Okay, says the Gemara, quotes, Ad Sof Ashmurah Rishonah. It's until the end of the first Ashmurah, says the Gemara, Micah Savar Abiyah the What is it? the Yezir's opinion? So in order to understand this, you have to look over here and see that on the next side of the page, we're going to have a machloka between Rebbe Tan and Rebbe about how many ashmarot are there in a nighttime. An ashmarot is a section of the night. According to Rebbe we're going to see that there's going to be three. According to Rebbe, who's another Tanah, there's going to be four in the night. And we're trying to figure out, for Lezer in our Mishnah says, until the end of the first. Now, till the end of the first could either be, if you hold it's a four-split night, that means each one is three hours. If you hold it's a three-split night, that means each one is four hours. So in order to clarify what the opinion of the rabbi is, we first have to clarify, he's a, he's, again, he's a Tana just like these rabbis are atana. He must hold like one of them, how are we going to figure it out? So, we're trying to figure it out now. Says the Gemara. If he holds that there's three Mishmurot in the night, he should say, because had he said until four Sha'ot, it would be much clearer. Since there's two opinions known, Reb Natan and Rebbe, so it's not clear for him to say Ash Mura when that's ambiguous, because no one knows what you hold. He should have been clearer and should have said, As a matter of fact, other Mishnayot actually say till four hours in, in, in other places. Why, didn't, why did he use the word Ashmorah? And if he holds at this four in the night, he should say until the third hour, three hours. So answers the Gemara. Really, he holds. Hmm? And we've got one. I'm really kasavad, he holds was my place really I can tell you that he holds at this three in the night the Hakaashlan, and this is what he 's coming to teach you the which means like this really you 're right he could have easily he could have easily used a clearer language, but if he used the hours instead of ashmurot, then he wouldn't be able to remind you about the fact that there's a heavenly uh, uh, watch also. And in Shemayim the angels are split up into watches also. And he wants to hint to that too. And therefore, to, to give a chance to hint to this extra interesting concept of the fact that there's angels in Shemayim in three different times every night. And that there is, by the <laughs> way, the, the mefarshim are going to explain that each one of these times are opportune time to pray. So, if a person is up in the middle of the night, and you can figure out when these Ashmonotah, they're a special time to have Et Ratzon. We're going to see soon Hashem is up during those times, and uh, he's uh, roaring like a lion, whatever that means. We don't know exactly what that means. But uh, in order to hint to these ideas, so the Tanah thought that it was worth it to be a little more vague, and use Ashmonotah, you might not be clear, as long as you get the message that Ashmonotah very important, and a night is a good time to pray. That's what he's coming to tell you over here. Okay, let's read it inside now. V'hakamashmon, this is what it's coming to teach you. The ik mishmorot parakia, the ik mishmorot bara. There are some mishmorot in the heavens and some on the land. Tanya, because we learned in the brayta, Rabbi Eliyazin Omer, Rabbi says, Shalosh mishmorot hava halaila. There are three mishmorot in the night. V'al mishmanu mishman, and on each one of these mishman, Yoshev hakadosh b'chup v'shoeg ka'ari. Hashem sits and roars like a lion. Of course, this doesn't mean literally. We don't know fully what it means, but it has some ramification to our praying towards Hashem. Hashem It says, Hashem, from on high, will roar. On kocho, and from His holy abode, he ten kolo, He will raise His voice. Shoeg al nohu. He uh, cry scream, He will scream, al over His... Uh, house. V'siman ledavar. And what's the siman for this? Mishmarah which means, what's the siman for each of the mishmar? The first one, Mishmarah chamor noer. The donkeys start braying. I don't know what braying is, but it's some kind of noise that donkeys make. Shinia, the second one, kilavim tsoakim. Dogs bark. Shlishit, on the third one, tinok yonek mishte imo. The, a baby will nurse from his mother's mother's um, from his mother. The isha and the and a woman will talk to her husband. Now, if you have some time, and you could look at the Ben Ish-ghai, I recommend you see a very beautiful explanation over here. Also, other farshim are explaining. In Yaakov is explaining that uh, a few different interesting explanations of what this. Uh, what, what the Gemara is teaching you over here, but we're not going to go to it in this class, because it's a Thai class, but if you have time on your own, I recommend that you look at it. So says the Gemara, What's the Gemara coming to explain? So this is the Gemara. If he's trying to tell us what the beginning of the mishmarot, is, let's look again at this thing. Right now, we're going with the top one, where you have three Mishmas. So, here you see the sun go- setting, and here you see the sun rising, right? So, right before this first Mishmar, okay, it's still daylight, okay? And at the end of this Mishmar, it's still, it, it becomes daylight as well. So, the Mishmar wants to say, these signs that the rabbi says, the donkey brain, do they happen at the beginning of the Mishmar or the end of the Mishmar? Now... If they happen at the beginning of the Mishmar, the Gemara is questioning that. Says the Gemara, if that's true, I don't need a siman when the Mishmar starts. It's still daylight. And I can see when it's getting dark. And when it gets dark, I'll know. I don't need a sign. Again, we're talking about things, people who don't have electronic clocks. And therefore, the only way of telling time is actually with the sun. So to give me a sign for when the sun sets seems to be superfluous. Is soft mishmarot Hashiv. and if you tell me no, with these signs are here. This is the donkey, this is the dog, and this is the nursing. If you want to tell me that, then soft Like you said, Ralph, the last one I don't need because the sun's rising. Duh! I don't need you to tell me that the sun is rising. I can figure that out. Good. So says the Gemara. Ella, rather, kachashiv soft We're figuring out the end of the first. Okay, and the beginning of the last, and the middle of the middle. So that's what we're coming to tell you. So we're telling you. So the actually, sorry, the thing about the the dogs is actually chatzot, according to what we're saying now. The dogs barking is actually chatzot. Okay, ve'ibayt ema. If I want, I can give you another answer. Ibayt ema, kulu sof Really. Really, we're all talking about the ends. Now, if we're all talking about the ends, we're, still, we're left with Ralph's question, which was, hey, I don't need the last one. And if you want to ask me, a what do I need the last one for? Nafkamina, what do I need it for? mikri to read kriyachema, leman for one who's snoozing, or taking a nap, afel, in a house, with the shades drawn. So if you're in a bayit afel, where there's no light coming in, you have blackout shades, and you don't have a ability to see the sun, so when you hear uh, the, the, uh, the babies get up and start nursing, that would be a sign that it is uh, time for kriyat Shema. sounds shaman. like each one of these signs are actual things people were able to notice. Seems like, seems like it was. Um, they, they, they point out an interesting question over here, which we're not going to get into, but I just want to point out to you, that really, we're not supposed to say kriyat Shema, according to the B'Rezer, until you could separate between it, you can't really say it at that, at that point so it's a little funny that he's giving you a, a sign for something that you really not allowed to say you're really supposed to, you're supposed to wait a little later than Amura Shahar to say Kriyat Shema you have to wait at least until you could Amura uh, is still dark is still, still dark, still, you only have a little light but it's not, it's not light enough to see okay says the Gemara you don't know what time it's Since you have a woman talking to her husband, and the, the you have the tinok nursing, likum he should get up and he should read. Okay. Now, once we're on the topic of these heavenly mishmaras, which we only got into because we wanted to know why didn't he use. Remember, we got into the topic of these Ashmorot because we wanted to know why the rabbi didn't use a number, why he mentioned the Ashmurot, why he didn't he tell me how many hours. Now, once we're on the topic, we're going to stay on this topic a little bit off of our regular topic for the <coughs> almost the rest of the Amud. Amar b'itzlak b'ashmuel mishmei the rav. Rabbi Zlak b'ashmuel says the name of Rav. Gimel mishmorot hava There are three Mishmerot in the night. V'al kol mishmar mishmar, and on each mishmar, Yoshev hakadosh shochuv kari. Like we said, Hashem. Yells like a lion. The Omer, and he says the following Oil libanim, woe is <laughs> to my children. avonot vonotahim, that in their sins, because of their sins, I had to destroy my house and I had to burn my hechal. And I have to send them among the nations of the world. So, first of all, you see here the idea that Hashem is, of course, uh, upset about punishing us. And the punishment is for our good. And Hashem feels bad that the punishment had to take the form of us going to the Ummata Olam. Because when we we needed to get punished, and the only punishment that would wake us up was kicking us out of Eretz But now we're kicked out of Yisrael we have the problem that we have to stand up among the Ummata and they're influencing us. So Hashem is crying three times through the night about the fact that number one, no Betta Mikdash, we had to, we, we, we have to beti and Hekhali. Uh, two parts of the Beit HaMikdash, and that we got kicked out. So at the time of Beth Beit Hashem is not going to be, there's no Hashem, no? Well, maybe he's just not going to cry. It could be he's not going to cry. So what is he going to be doing then? He's harassing we, us. We, we, we would need to see another Gemara which says what Hashem is going to be doing when the Beit HaMikdash is built and during those Hashem. Maybe there'll be a happy thing. We're going to see also, in the next Gemara, that is, uh, there's another twist on Hashem's crying. Tanya, we went to the I'm Amar be. One time, I was walking along the road, and I walked into one ruined house, one of the ruins of Yerushalayim, of course, in those days, you should know, in the time of Rav Yossi, Rav Yossi lived after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And... Uh, Yerushalayim was a destroyed city. That's why you'll find that all the graves of these rabbis, I've mentioned this to you, Freddie, many times, the graves of all these later Tanaim are never in Yerushalayim. They're always in the Galil, up north, because most of the Jews in those days didn't live around Yerushalayim. You have to go up north to Tveria, or Tzfat, all these places to go to these rabbis' graves. They don't live around here because... You, once the Romans destroyed Jerusalem, they were afraid to let us rebuild it because if we rebuild it then we're going to start thinking that we're, that we're in charge they wanted us to be under their rule so all the during Yerushalayim's times he says I went into one of the in one of the many destroyed broken buildings of Jerusalem. and of course because he's there he started praying about the ring rebuilt. and he walked into one of the broken buildings you're looking around there used to be Jews living here there used to be uh, there used to be Quanim in this place, and it started crying. He started praying for the Beth Mikdash in this house. Ba Eliyahu Zachulatov. Eliyahu Navi Zachulatov came, Vishamuli ala Petach, and he watched, the, guarded the door for me. Until I finished my prayer. After I finished, he told me, Shalom Alecha Rabbi. How are you doing, Rabbi? And I told him, Shalom Alecha Rabbi Umari. He added something. You're always supposed to add something when someone greets you. Someone says Shalom Aleichem. Shabbat Shalom. He's supposed to always respond Shabbat Shalom Umvorach. Uh-huh. Throw something extra in. Don't, don't don't answer the same Shabbat Shalom Shabbat Shalom Shabbat Shalom Umvorach. That's what we see him doing over here today, Yom Okay. Va'amali. Now once he said Shalom Aleichem, he start, starts criticizing. Bini. He says, What'd you go into this bu- this destroyed building for? Amarti Lo I went to pray. You should have prayed on the road. So I told him. I was afraid that I'd be interrupted by those who are walking through the through the roads. So he told me. You should have prayed a short prayer. Tosfot says it's not that we see later on in the Gemara. It's a different thing. Okay. At that time. So, first of all, you learn from here that if Eliyahu Navi tells you something, it's halacha. So, this that you see that uh, uh, the Beit Yosef learned halakhot from Eliyahu Navi, you see it's in Gemara that you're supposed to learn from Eliyahu Navi. Okay? Anyway, this Rabbi Abiyoshi is saying. What it sounds like this, we shouldn't be going to Yerushalayim. No, no, only <laughs> ruined, so, let's, no, we shouldn't, shouldn't the ruins. Let's listen. You're allowed to pray outside. Guys, let's go. Let's go back here. Number one is, I learned that you cannot go into broken buildings. <laughs> <laughs> I learned, you can pray on the road. You don't have to worry that someone's going to bother you. I learned that one who prays on the road is is allowed to shorten his tefillah. Now another thing they said. We continue the story. So that, that was interjected. That was like a parenthesis By the way, these are the things they saw. Now we're finishing the story. The said to me, "Bini, ma shamata and this is the reason why we came to the story. And I told him, "Shamati batkol I heard a heavenly voice. A batkol's heavenly voice. She not a blot call. Not, uh, we're talking about, We're not talking about the daf here. This is a batkol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shabbati Batkol, Shimon Hemet Kyona, that was that was sighing like a dove, right? And it was saying, Oy Libanai, woe is to my children, Shaba Avonothem, Hechrafti Peti, Vesalafti Techli, Vegatumotu. Like we said before, woe is to the children that because of their sins I exiled them to among the nations, and of course, um and I had to destroy my house and destroy my Achal. So, <laughs> Not only, I, I, I swear by your life that I want you to know that Hashem does this every single day. Not just this now. You think it's just now because you walked into the Churva. You happen to cause Hashem to cry like this. <laughs> it happens daily, three times a day. Hashem is always crying for Kali Yisrael. That's why. When we pray in Amida and we focus, <laughs> Hashem is saying, I'm crying every day, and you're not having Kavanah on Mahazir Shekhinah Tolzion. You're not having Kavanah on those Barachot. Think about them. You see, it's causing HaShem pain. Okay. <laughs> when <im scratching> only is he upset but when you say amen yehesh meha gadol mubarakh ha kodesh rosho and he'll say shteh mer beto not only is he upset but when you say amen yehesh meha gadol hashem bends his head and he says "Praises the king that they praise him in his house huh. bet knesset is Hashem's house and when you say amen yehesh meha gadol hashem says Thank you that you're praising in my house. Think of what he says when we're talking <speaking in Hebrew> what is to a father who has to kick out his kids it the father you think the kid suffers more or the father suffers more when the father has to kick out the kids The father's suffering Hashem is suffering woe <speaking> is <in Hebrew> to the kids that they lost. Shulchan avihem, which means the influence of their father. When we're in Eretz Yisrael, we have the influence of Hashem on us. Woe is to us that we lost that. There's an interesting point of Tosfa I want to throw, at, throw in. We have a drop a couple of seconds. Tosfa points out, there's many people who understand that the reason why Kaddish is in Aramaic is, and he, he brings an actual, Machzor Vitri, which is one of the Rishonim, who says that people say, Amen yeheh shemeh raba. Shemeh is... <laughs> Shem Sheme Shem Ya. Yehe shem, shem Ya Mevorach. Which means, Yehe Sheme Raba. Which means, instead of the name being Ya, we want to make it bigger. Yani Ya is a small name of Hashem. And we want to make it Yehe Sheme Raba. So it's two different things. Yehe Sheme Raba. And then we're saying a new thing. He says, it doesn't sound like that from this Gemara. It says over here that since it says Yehe Shemeh Hagadol, it sounds like the word Hagadol is actually an explanation of Shemeh. Shemeh means his name as opposed to shemya. So should, the word Shemeh should really mean his name and not shemya. This is a Toswat arguing in the Machsor of Vitry about the actual meaning of the word Shemeh from. This word Hagadol in our Gemara is that clear? Did I make did I make this clear? One more time. I don't know how we got there. Okay. So the Kaddish is supposed to really say Hagadol. He's saying no. no ha, he's the word, saying, the, he's saying the fact that the, the Gemara used the word Hagadol mm-hmm. right now. Hagadol is is the translation of Rabbah. but had the translation of Rabbah been Gadol, then then, then we, we would have been fine. But now that it's Hagadol. Haggadol means it's explaining what the name before was. Yes, Rabbah. Shem Ye, shemer Rabbah, his great name. Talking about Hashem's great name as opposed to Shem Yah. Don't, don't read it like Macha Sovitri. Sheme Rabbah means may his great name. As opposed to, it means may the name of Yah be great. That's, that's, that's the other way the Macha about Interesting. Next. Okay. So, so far we had two uh, interesting uh, Agadah Tad which we're explaining, which we're explaining uh, what Hashem does in these cases. So okay. When did when did uh, Eliyahu Navi come to him? Was it nighttime or? Is, it? It, it sounds like it was nighttime, right? It has to be. It has, it has to, to be it has it has because been. he was saying that because, prayer. Because he's saying the prayer. It sounds like it was nighttime, but it doesn't say anywhere in the story that it was nighttime. You would think he would mention it. I didn't think about that. Interesting point. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. bepinesh shlosha devarim enech nasim dechorba. There's a brighter which is mentioned to Churva. Again, Churva really was not our story. We only brought in the Churva because we wanted to bring a story about the Hashemotet. And we only brought the Hashemotet because we wanted to say why we said the word Hashemotet and not, not the number of hours, four or three. But once we're on the topic, we'll mention, why can't you go into Churva? And why was Eliyahu be, by the way, so upset that he walked into Churva? This is the Gemara. this <laughs> is a bright there's three reasons why a person should not walk into a chudva, a broken structure. Number one, me Person who walks into a broken structure, a place where no one's around, we're gonna assume that you might have had a lady, uh, a lady, over there, and might be doing something wrong with that lady because you want to go somewhere where no one sees you. And therefore, if you walk into a building like that, it's, a, it's like walking into a seedy motel, and we're assuming the people are gonna assume that you're doing something wrong. Right, Yes. No. Somebody saying we well, Right. But v'yetim nikiy Hashem Person is always supposed to try to show his actions as being proper, even though everyone should give you the benefit of the doubt. You're not supposed to make them need to. Need to. Exactly. Number two. According to the second reason, because it might fall on you. Forget about because of what someone's going to think. Might get hurt. Might get hurt. Third reason is because there could be powers, demons, that sometimes they hang out in places that are churvas. That's how things are. Now, achshad, the Gemara is asking now, this that you said, achshad. I had a chart for this, but I forgot to write it. Achshad, if you're telling me it's because of the chashad, because people suspect you, want or worry, that it's because of falling. In other words, what do I need next reason of chashad? I can't walk in because it might fall on me. We're talking about one that just fell. It's newly fallen. It's a newly churva. And therefore the other walls that have not fallen yet are still sturdy. And therefore we don't have to worry that it's going to fall on you. But we still have to worry about the the problem of chashad. So the man says, well, forget about the chashad. I can't go in anyway. Even if it just fell, I can't go in anyway because of the mazikin Betray. Talking about you're walking in with two people. And if you're walking with two people, the mazikin do not bother you. Beautiful. Mara says, well, e betray. If you're going in with somebody, no one's going to expect you of anything because you're going in with somebody. No. No, betray upritzi. We're talking about you're walking in with some people. Walking in with two people only helps when the two people are kishirim. But if you're going with a guy who's known to do bad things, so he doesn't protect you. And therefore, people worry about chashad, you don't have to worry about mazikin, because mazikin won't start up with you anyway, if you have two people with you. But you do have to worry about chashad, because people will still suspect you if you walk in with a guy who is known as a bad guy. What's the chance of of everyone walking in with a bad guy? Not everybody uh, walks with uh, bad people. You're right, and therefore we only have to mention this khashad is for when you, if you happen to be walking with a bad guy. But you're right, if, you were walk, if, if everyone would only walk around with good people, we wouldn't have to mention khashad. The reason why we have khashad is for people walking around with bad people. Okay? Okay. Tomorrow is asking the same question the other way around. What about, about falling? Why do I have to mention falling? I can't walk in anyway because people might suspect me. Says the Betray Ukshere. We're talking about walking in with two kosher people. Since you walk in with two kosher people, so there's no worry Hushad about mazikim. And mazikim. Right, both Khashad and mazikim are Hushad off. There's no mazikim because you're two people, and there's no uh, demons. No Khashad. There's no Khashad because there's, no there's two people. There's two people. Right. Because they're in the, in the kosher. Good. Right. Um, Last one, because of the demons, let's learn it because of the chashad, either one, you're talking about a new, newly fallen item, so you don't have to worry about falling, and you're talking about two kosher people, so there's no worry about, about, um, about hashad. So, Mare says, well, right. we, now we have a problem, because you if you're going with two, anymore. then there's no Mazikin. He's telling me, we mentioned Mazikin, because we have to worry about two guys, who are kosher. Hey, once the two guys who are kosher, there's no Mazikin problem either. He says, when you're in a place, where they're known to be, you have to worry about them, even with two people. Wow. So, the general rule is, Mazikin never start up with people, with two people, if, yeah, in any pair, any pair, any pair of people, a if you're in a regular place that's not known to have mazikin. But in a place of mazikin, if you then there, there, was, there was always a problem. Therefore, two still are still a Mazakin problem. That's answer number one. Ibaiteim, <laughs> <laughs> according to the second answer, we don't have to say that demons, that, we don't have to say that demons will well, start up too. in their own area. Demons always back off from two people, no matter where you are. the om bechad. Talking about one guy. There's only one guy there. And it's a new churva. But we're talking about you happen to be in a desert. Right? You don't have to worry about chashad. No one has to worry about a woman. No one's going to hide a woman in a desert. Right? She's not. I mean, if you're in a p- place where people are, you have to worry. But if you're in a desert, you don't have to worry about that. What did you say? Oh, oh so you're talking about Yerushalayim. Okay, correct. But Albert's saying put a good point. He said, our case over here was a story in Yerushalayim, right? No, no Albert don't. But it's, bringing, right. it's a, general, a general rule for Qurba. Why aren't you a lot of walking? Ah, right. So the, 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 if you know that this brighta had nothing to do with our, our story. This Brighta Tanur was a general rule about what you have to worry oh, about. It had why? nothing to do with our story. That's why it could be talking about a desert and not Yerushalayim. Very good. Okay, so, so far, we explained the rules of Churva now. Good. Now, we're going to go back to the Mishmanot. How many Mishmanot there are in the night. Okay. Tanur Rabbanan. We learned in the Brayta. Alba ha laila There are four Mishmanot in the night. Divire like we said before. Unfortunately, the Rebbe's on the bottom. I'm sorry. and There's four Mishmanot in the Layla. Rabban Omer Shalosh. Rebbeinatan says there's two, three. Ma'i ta'ma de What is the reason of Rebbeinatan why he says three. that there are three? That's the first question. Says the Gemara, Ma'i ta'ma de Is it a given that they're all exact times? I don't understand that the question. They're all exactly, every Ashmanah has a three hours of is four so hours three hours into That seems to be clear from the Gemara. Yeah. That I seems. didn't mention anything about that. That they're exactly three. why, so, why can't why, the first Ashmanab be an hour and the second Ashmanab be five hours? And it's oh put then evenly like why why does it have to be that way that's right. is each one equivalent the to the other s if there's three that it say three if there's four them say four right that's what you know it's, it's all about so, so we know, know it's that it's all about right and that's why so you don't use that man and you know that there's an equal but you're assuming they're even they're assuming assuming they you can why would it be five hours and two hours why would they play games like that So why is why Why? why you assuming that it's exact nice Obviously, if you had three separations in the night, it's three equal separations. I think I think for it not to be, you'd have to bring a proof. The standard that you assume is that it's going to be equal, unless you have a reason to say that they're not equal. That's what I would like to say. The Gemara, the Gemara assumed that. The to assume that. Okay. Tana Rabbanan. Alba Mishwara Rabbanan, the better be. says, no, there's really three. Where do we know this from? Maitama Amad, Gidon, the story over there, Gidon was going to attack the other people, and he comes with only a hundred people who were with him. It was a big thing. And he comes to the to the edge of the tent, Rosh, at the beginning, Ha'ashmura, The beginning of the middle watch. Tana, and we learned it in a brighter, the word middle only works has to be this one before and afterwards and therefore the reason why you get to be three is because he came at the beginning of the middle one now if there's a middle one has to be one before and one afterwards so that makes sense (coughs) that there's only three that's the reason of Rabbi Natan beautiful what does Rabbi do with this Pasuk? Rabbi also learned Navi he also learned about Gideon. How does he get out of the problem of Gidon talking about the middle one? You have a middle one, that means there's one before and one afterwards. The Rebbe says, <laughs> It's one of the two middle ones. When we said, he came at the beginning of one of the two middle ones, which would probably be here, I'm assuming. Okay? According to Rebbe, he says, these two together are called the middle. That's how he'll get out of the problem. These two are middle ones. Cool. Okay. Now what does Rabbi Natan say back to that? Here, miktiv tichonot? It doesn't say the middle of the middle ones. It says tichonah, which sounds like me. So Ratan says back, listen. It says like me, and therefore, he wants to hold his opinion. So again, you know, this is not Rabbi's opinion why he says this thing. This is Rabbi's response to Rabbi Natan. What's Rabbi's opinion? My ta'amad, Rabbi. Rabbi Amar B'Izrika, Amar Bi Ami, B'Shub Ben-Libi, Ketuv one Pasuk says, about David HaMelech, it says, Chatzot Layla, Akum Lehodot Lach, Al Mishmete Tzitkecha. At midnight, Chatzot Layla, at midnight, I get up to explain your righteous judgments. V'chatuva Ha'chad, the other one says, Kidmu Enai Hashmonot. My eyes got up before the Ashmurot, implying that David was up before it was night time. Sounds like David wasn't sleeping at all. Going to one Pasuk, sounds like David didn't sleep at all, and he was up already before the Ashmurot. The second Pasuk sounds like, David gets up at Chatzot. He slept till Chatzot, and woke up at midnight. Now, of course, David, the Melech, was a great king, and he wasn't just a king, he was also a big Hasid. And we used to spend the time, we're going to see what he was doing with his time, he was learning and praying, praising Hashem. But the, there's a contradiction. When did he get up? Did he get up? Kidmu and Ashmonot? Before the Ashmonot? Or Chatzot Laila? So the Gemara is going to try to give a few different ways to get out of the problems. Okay? Why is it the same thing? Chatzot? When, when does Ashmonot start? Is, what? Ashmonot start? Me? Chatzot Laila. No. Mm-mm. Oh, before once it gets dark. He's all ashmarat. What are you talking about? Why Ashmorot? Ashmorot. Ashmorot. Kidmu. Once it gets dark. K- yeah, Kidmu sounds like as soon as from from Tzetta right? So says the Gemara. Ha Ketzad Alba Mishmorot Haver So therefore, he says when you get up at midnight, meaning like this, when you get up at midnight. He, the reason why he's saying this for is because he says Kidmu. The, 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 this machloket. If you say Chatzot is here, if you say Chatzot is here, right, <laughs> so when David got up right over here and Kidnu Ashmot means I beat two Ashmorets, this one and this one, which means if if you hold it's here, then I didn't come up before two Ashmorets. I got up before Ashmoret and a half if there's only three he and David gets up here, he gets up before it, it would be improper to say. Kidmu and I Ashmoret. Then I got up before two Ashmoret. can't you say the, the first Ashmoret is Chatzot? I'm sorry? On the top one, say the first one is khatzot First one is Tzitkul Chavim. Because he didn't get up then. He, he got up Chatzot. So say the first mark that you have on there is khatzot Oh, khatzot the, the second one. Yeah, but this yeah, is not khatzot khatzot well, right. so is, is always the, the exact midpoint between... The right. By the way, hour hour I just want you to know that we... Well, that's going to come up later. But I just want you to know that we, when, when like for example, let's say Pesach. On Pesach, we have to know when Chatzot is because we're supposed to finish uh, right. the right. Api before Chatzot, right. right? So Chatzot is, depends on the day. It depends on how short the night is. In the summer, the night is shorter. It's less than X amount of hours. It's The nighttime hours split in half. So we know this one can't be Chatzot because it's got to be the nighttime hours split in half. Okay. So according to Rebbe, he says when what Kidmo and he's explaining the pasuk Kidmo and to be referring to here. And if you this four, I still have two Ashmorot left, and everything is cool. You with me, Carl? Of course. Says the Gemara. Okay. Okay. Ravatan, what does Ravatan hold? Ravatan sabrulah kribi yashua The Tanan, if Yeshua made ad sheloshahot she can ad sheloshahot she can derech melachim la'amod b'sheloshahot shi't liliah v'tarti imama havelhu shtei mishmarot, which means like this: there was a machloket later on. This is an interesting machloket. There's a machloket how late you could say kriyat shema. So one rabbi, one Tanan Mishnah says kriyat shema has to be said by Netzahama. Why Of Because normal people in the olden days, normal people get up and netzahama. Nowadays, when you have electric lighting, people stay up later and people wake up later. And therefore, we'll go to sleep late and we'll wake up late. In the olden days, once it gets dark, people go to sleep. Almost everyone is sleeping when it's dark. You can light a candle and stay up late learning, but the majority, majority of people are sleeping as soon as it's night. And they get up as soon as it's morning. Unless you're a king. Kings wake up a few hours into the day. And there's a machlok at when you could say kriyat shema. Do you say kriyat shema at Netzahama, which is the, ubkumecha, the wake-up time of regular people? Or could you even say up to the third hour day? We, we by the way, hold like that. We hold you go to the third hour day. Because that's when kings wake up. Yeah. Thank you, friend. <laughs> right? right? Because that's when kings wake up. And of course, we Jews are, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem. And therefore, we can do it till then. Now, this rabbi holds that the kings get up the third hour of the day. Third hour, by the way, is two hours into the day. Because when you say third hour, it means up till the third hour. So they want to say like this. Yes, really, I only have one and a half here. But since kings go, go even further, wow. the kings wake up two hours a day when David HaMelech says, Kidmu einai Ashmoret. My eyes beat the Ashmore. He means, this, before the next kings, other kings of other countries, right? They don't get up till here. Way after. And kid in my eyes, Hashem, look how different I am than the king of the Pilashim or the king of the Midian. They're all sleeping till horny. And Anna, I'm up, Idmu Ashmorit from the kings. That's what he meant. And therefore, I don't have to learn that there's four in the night because this Pasuk. I can learn that there's three because I'm beating the kings. Is that clear? Awesome. Let's go. Let's read it inside. Uh, six of the night, because there's six, right? ama and two of the day <coughs> That's two mishmarot. right? According if you have, according to this rabbi, let's just see where it is. According to this rabbi, it's to get chatzot. So you have six hours of the night plus two, that plus three till the third. Three. Up till the third, which is two hours. I have That's three altogether. You end up with two mishmarot together. We have amal Mishro, Paraganamishro, to kolydahu. Ravashi has his own answer. Ravashi says, "Forget about the kings. When you have one and a half, that's, that's Ashmoret. I don't. I, I didn't mean I beat the whole Ashmoret. I meant that I'm this Ashmoret number two and Ashmoret number three. I'm up early, not the whole two, but two is also part of the, my 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 my, uh, my my thing that I'm ahead of everyone. Meaning I'm ahead of the other kings because." Part of two and three, I do. And they call that ashmorat also. You to call it ashmorat. It's, it's more than one. So more than one is called ashmorat. doesn't have to be two full ones. And therefore, everything's cool. That's Rav Ashi's other way. Rav Ashi's Amora. He's an Amora explaining another way how Rav Natan the Tana could get out of the problem that, that, that Rebbe asked on him from this pasuk. Are we clear? So let's, let's review. Okay. To review what happened till now, we have Machloka, Rebbe Natan, and Rebbe. How many eshmonos there are. Each rabbi, each rabbi uh, has a pasuk to support them. And each rabbi, each one of the other rabbis, answers the other one's pasuk. What he holds about the other's pasuk. Uh, the pasuk for um, the pasuk for Natan was the pasuk of chatzot Laila Akum le'hodot lach and kidmu elay eshmonot. Which means that there's got to be two. No, Tichonat, Tichonit. I'm sorry, Tichonat. Tichonit was his. He says. No, he says. If says right, which means, <laughs> which means that Tichonat is only supposed to be one middle one. That's his one. And Re- Rebbe's is the stira over here. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's go further, Rabbi Now, the reason why we're going into this completely side topic is because, if you remember before, there was a rabbi of Zrika, right, who was the one who said the story about Chatzot Laila. Now, once we mention this rabbi of Zrika in the name of Ami and of Ben Levi, we're going to mention another thing that he said. Which is not really related to us. Okay? It says, When you're in front of a dead body, meaning if you're at a funeral and the dead body's there, you can only mention the words that he himself said. Meaning you only talk about him, you don't talk about other things. This is only when you talk about Torah things. When you talking about other things, then you can mention them not in front of the person the ikhid and others disagree and they say um by the way the reason why it would only be the Torah is because you'd be showing off in front of the dead people meaning you can still uh, learn you, can still learn, you yeah. can still learn and he can't so if you're going to say divret Torah say a whole shot in front of the person who can't learn anymore it's a little laag la rash means you're like making you like showing off in front of them but if it's according to this first opinion other things are okay because the other things, uh, no one. If you, the fact that you know uh, how many states there are in the United States, no one in Shemaim, no one jealous of you for that. But the fact that you're <laughs> yeah. able, the fact that you're able to uh, learn the Torah, that is, that's, I have to do that in front of the dead body. I'm oh, sorry. The others disagree, and they explain. This is even the Vetorah. According to this, you can't talk anything in front of the, the dead body at all, besides things that pertain to him. You shouldn't talk about other things in front of the dead body at all. It's not now nice to be Hashem talking God. about other things. What? How do you talk about How do they make speeches at funerals. The speeches are about the guy. You're not but making speeches about other the things. Retura, no, the yeah, Rabbi yeah, but gets say... up and says, but the Devat is leading into the guy, They're not saying he other Devatorah. Look at yeah, the are linking to the guy. So it's okay to say that. That's right. And you can't talk about anything. You can't even talk, can talk about about uh, your knowledge of other things if it's not linked to the guy. Okay. Now, once we mention the Pasuk of David getting up uh, in the middle of the night, we're going to explain how David knew when the middle of the night was. Says the Gemara. And David delia This is the question I was mentioning before. How could you say that David got up at Chatzot? It says David got up at Neshef and I cried out. So David got up at Neshef. At at this Neshef time, it sounds like he's not getting up at Chatzot. He's actually getting up at Neshef. When is Neshef? Let's see. says the Gemara. How do you know Neshef means Urta, the evening, that as soon as when it gets dark? It says, in a different basuk, At Neshef, when you lose the day, in the blackness of night and darkness, which means you see that the word Neshef is specifically as it starts slowly going down. So, if David go to, got up at Neshef, then he didn't get up at Chatzot. When is he getting up? Yeah. So, let's explain it like this. Amar Rebbe Oshia, Amar Acha. Hachi David. lo alay laila b'shinah. Which means, I oh, I never passed Chatzot. When he said Chatzot, he didn't mean I got up at Chatzot. He meant that I never passed Chatzot. I'd wake up any time from here to here. Here, here, here. Any time before Chatzot, that's what I would do. It. So if I say Chatzot laila I mean the latest is Chatzot. But you're right. When the Pasuk says Neshef, sometimes I got up Neshef. Sometimes I got up already from the beginning of the night. And sometimes I woke up later, later, later. And therefore, he gets out of the contradiction that way. That's the way to get out of the contradiction, according to Rav Ashi. According to Rav Zera, Rav Zera says, when we said that he got up B'Neshef, it means that he was dozing in and off till then. Till then he was dozing like a sus. Okay? From here on, he would be strong like a lion. That's the answer of Reb Zerah. So in this time, after Chatzot, he's fully up. And this time, before, he's like a sus. we get out of the problem that way. According to the first answer, we have to say, sometimes and sometimes. Here we're saying, no, it's the same thing every night. Every night the same thing. Here, he's... Now, why is he like a sus? The Farshim explained, like a sus means that he's learning and dozing. Learning and dozing. Learning and dozing. And then, after that, after chatzot, straight he's learning. straight learning with no dozing. Okay. Yamar, because otherwise... If you don't say it like that, what's the point of there's nothing good about being up like a sus you know, We don't want. We're not trying to imitate horses over here. When we say like a sus that means that you're pushing yourself so hard to learn, and you're dozing and waking up. Rav Ashi Amar, Rav Ashi says, Ad Chatzot Laila Til Chatzot, Haver Osek Torah, he would learn Torah. Right? Mikan VeElach, we According to Rav Ashi, every night he's up the whole night. Just the question is what he's learning. Uh, over here, beforehand, he's learning Torah. Afterwards, <coughs> he does sheet off with He's doing uh, pra- singing praises to Hashem. Says the Gemana, "V'neshef or tahu." Does neshef really mean evening? Ha neshef tzaflahu. I thought neshef means morning. Dichtiv v'yichas v'yakem David meha neshef v'ad eret m'cholotam. It says that when he hit these people, David was fighting against his enemies. And when he hit the people, he smote them, he hit them from Neshef until the evening, right? On the evening of the next day. My love, meets. We assume this means they did it from the morning till the evening. So therefore, Neshef must mean the morning. Right, it says morning till the till from the morning till the next day night. Look says no, it doesn't have to be that. He did it from the evening till the next evening. Yani they started fighting at night and they fought twenty four hours till the next night. Yeah. If Neshef means <laughs> evening, <laughs> so why <it's> say <laughs> It should say Neshef Neshef, right? So says <laughs> or. Which say till evening till evening. Why do they say neshav in evening? So Gemara says, You're right. Really, there's two neshavs. Neshav Lilya, neshav of the night, and then, then night comes. Neshav Imama, it's the, when the night is leaving, and the night comes. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Baruch Amen, Amen.